You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take 
listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission. To our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in, I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done, and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
report us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. This call may be recorded or transcribed. We, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman, we always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood, together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. And good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotep family. Hope everything was well with you today. Hope you had a good weekend. You had a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping to, whether it was accommodating for you to do it, and I hope it was. But if it wasn't, you still got it done. Right on. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. 
to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. Top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. There's a shortcut you can use or whatever search engine that you use, put in babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net, babaoshi.net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have on Time for an Awakening Media, this program, once once again, is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and <coughs> 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Thursdays, on Thursdays, from 7 to 8, from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., the Black Liberation Movement, Mississippi on the Move, with uh, Brother Lamumba, Patrick Lamumba, of the Geronimo Pratt Gun Club. Then on Fridays, Time for an Awakening at 8 p.m., from 8 p.m. until Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., the Sankofa Elders Council with uh, Dr. Janine. And then on Sundays, that's 7 p.m. on Sundays, once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We by black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. And um, if you go to the website, they'll still be talking about <laughs> trying to raise some money to, to establish a supermarket here in the Atlanta area. I think what I would propose is set a hard date and, and and see what happens with that hard date. And of course, if it doesn't happen, just just lay into, just chastise the shit out of the Atlanta community. And I ain't, I ain't just talking about the conscious community. Because unfortunately, many people in the conscious community sometimes don't have the wherewithal to make it happen. I ain't saying they don't, because some do, and some need to make a sacrifice. But they, but the, many people in the conscious community do make sacrifices, okay? Let's be real with that. I'm talking about Atlanta, period. The American African people here in the city of Atlanta and how, the, how they like to profess of being progressive, you know, and yet can't pull money together to trust the brothers and sisters with We Buy Black to put their monies together to build a supermarket here in the Atlanta area for our people, jobs for our people, and so forth. We don't have it. We don't have a uh, convenience store uh, gas station. We don't even have that. In the Atlanta area. Now, in the metropolitan area, I believe there was one. I remember seeing something in, on Facebook some years ago of a, of a brother and a sister, a gentleman and his wife, having a, uh, had just opened up a convenience store. So, and, and that 
could be there could be others. I don't know. I'll say this. In the areas that I travel, there ain't none. Anyway, we buy black family. We buy black. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bomani Tahimba is in Tanzania. He'll be there till, until the 27th. He'll be there in Tanzania. And can't wait to get back to talk about his trip. I love, I like, that's one place I would like to go to, to Tanzania. You know. So, but then his next trip is this next month, December 24th to January 4th, 2024. To Azania. March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia. July 11th through July 23rd, Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet. December 24th to January 4th, 2025, same date, same time frame, same place, Azenia. And then April 1st to April 11th, 2025, Senegal and Gambia. Brothers and sisters, go to the website, africafortheafricans.org. Everything you need is right there. All the documents, visas, information on shots and so forth, all the information is right there. And pictures, but brothers and sisters, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Or when the brother gets back, jot his number down 404 931 9429. 404 931 9429. When he comes back, give him a buzz and tell him that you would like to go on a trip of a lifetime and we'll work it out with you, okay? All right. <laughs> Habashaw. Habashaw Incorporated. Habashaw stands for Helping Africa by Establishing Schools at Home and Abroad. And, of course, the uh, programs that they have here, Habashaw Works, Black Tri Roots, Golden Gold Growers, Sustainable Seeds, and the Urban Green Job. And, of course, the Kashi Project that was established in um, – Ghana, last year, October, last year, October, beautiful buildings. So just go on the website, habashahincorporated.org, okay, and check it out for yourself. Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. They have 12 projects in six different countries, over 170 employed and over 260 members. And they deal in the areas of human necessity, human Without it, humans don't exist. Food, water, clothing, and shelter. So check it out, brothers and sisters. Go to the Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. A-B-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. B-B-I-T-U-M-I. B-B-I-T-U-M-I.com. Why join a B-B-I-T-U-M-I? For social networking. Bibiotumi Social Education is about continuing the work of our ancestors by rebuilding Kemet, the land of the blacks, and restoring Ma'at, transforming digital ideas to physical realities. Bibiotumi is trans- 
transforming digital ideas into uncolonizable un physical realities by focusing on tangible manifestations of ideas that resist colonization and emphasize self-sufficiency and, and encourage cultural empowerment and preserve indigenous knowledge. Abibi Atumi. Abibiatumi.com. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Smile Pharmacy. Smile Pharmacy, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Find uh, brothers and sisters. Give Brother Jabril a call at 770-765-7751. 770-765-7751. Smile Pharmacy. And Brother Jabril. And, I mean, they got a nice, they did updated website, all kind of new products and so forth. So give them a call and um, develop a plan for you and your health. The Moses West Foundation, he also has a new website, at least, you know, new phase uh, <coughs> here, providing sustainable water. The Moses West Foundation is an innovative, is an innovator in global sustainability. Guided by the vision of our founder, Moses A. West, that clean water is a fundamental human right. Let me repeat, clean water, clean, drinkable, usable water is a fundamental human right because without it, we can't exist. Our mission is to leverage cutting-edge atmospheric water generation technology to provide essential water access, foster community development, and promote environmental responsibility. You can support the MWF, the Moses West Foundation. Your donation supports the Moses West Foundation and our mission to provide wor the world with clean water. That's right. There, it has committees, the Clean Water Committee, Education, sustainability, community, agriculture, and rescue. <coughs> Some foundation facts. The public charity design as a UN NGO partner because there's 2.2 billion people that lack safe drinking water. So they need to raise the money. The Moses West Foundation is very minuscule at this time. In 12 years in, op in operation, four currently active water initiatives that are going on. As you see, they need more. Our role for 12 years as the Moses West Foundation has been committed to fighting global water inequities. Our work, our focus on results, those that can be measured and those measured beyond words. Our story, learn about the origins of the foundation and the values that drive our work. Our core values, community, sustainability, community, collaborating with local communities, provide sustainable agriculture, provide water, and eliminate water scarcity. Sustainability, committing to renewable energy and eco-friendly practices through implementation of the SDG goal. Six, clean water and sanitation because access to water is a human right. Innovation, utilizing atmospheric water generation to transform scarcity in water and food access. Brothers and sisters, go to the Moses West Foundation. They, they uh, cleaned up the website, and it'll lead you to all kinds of other stuff. They got um, other links, donations, our role, our work, our story, and so forth. The Moses West Foundation. 
Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar here in Atlanta on the west end of Atlanta. Wadada's delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and health products and dry goods, all kind of good stuff, you know. And uh, vegan dishes on Saturday and Sunday are sold. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia. She has done great work in the beautiful store. She has. She has the finest selections of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, t-shirts, and figurines, and so much more. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The other bookstore that we promote is the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Coffee Bar in Lithonia. My good brother, Cindy Ajamu. Give him a call at 770-305-6373-770-305-6373. Others like in the Black Dot. And, of course, in that area is um, the New Black Wall Street Market right off of I-20 East, exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Take the exit, make a right, three lights, three lights. Make another right at that third light. On the left will be the New Black Wall Street Market. All right. Us lifting us to economic development, cooperative for our people, us lifting us. Every Thursday night, they have a Thursday night broadcast from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. On Blog Talk Radio, that's blogtalkradio.com forward slash U-L-U. Us lifting us. Uh, If you want to listen or if you have questions, comments, or concerns while you're listening online or while you're listening on the phone, dial 929. 477-2789. 477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us. I got to talk into the microphone because I know Brother Kevin said, man, sometimes you can be fading in and out. And I, you know, I, sometimes I'm not aware of it, but, but I, you know, I got to be conscious of it. That's what I have to be. So hopefully I keep the mic as close to my mouth as possible. <laughs> and speak up. So make sure y'all hear me. Y'all hear me? (laughs) Okay. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia, 2019 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. They're open from Tuesdays through Sunday. Not open on Mondays. From Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And Brother Beja has got it going on. He's got all kind of products, health products, beauty products, oils, incense, CDs, DVDs, movies, uh, literature, books, all kinds, jewelry, fashions, furniture. Shh. The brother's got it going on. He also has a vegan restaurant on the premise. That's Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Give the brother a call at 478-256-1166. 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, Macon, Georgia. Okay, Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International 
Discount Mall, Booth 225. Contact my good sister, Shelly Amonset, at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay-Haiti.org. Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E-Dash-I-E-T-A-Y-I-T-I.org. Sanjay-Haiti.org. That's Sister Gabby. The great work she's doing. Believe me. Great work with the children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. Haiti. Baba Barudi and Mama Yah. They had the uh, Hibuka this weekend. Unfortunately, I was not able to chime in because I was in a conference. And uh, so, but believe me, I'm quite sure it was moving. And for those who had opportunity to participate, it's it's deep. And it really is. So, but brothers and sisters, they, they still, they need our help. So if you want to donate to Occupant Institute, Occupant Institute, you can send your donations to P.O. Box 10786. If you're old school like me, Atlanta, Georgia 30310. Or you can go to PayPal, com. You know, or Cash App, dollar sign, Yah, M. Baruti. And you'll make those donations. Also, too, you know, Baba Baruti, if you listened to the program a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, yeah. Baba Rudy's on last week, Monday. Last week, Monday. And he talked about a um, new book coming out and all the other great stuff that he that he's doing. So, support Baba Baruti. I'm going to read now from the Inya. The Inya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. And I'm going to read, you know, since I wasn't here Friday, you know, to make sure you caught up on your daily revolutionary thought. (laughs) Yeah. So, November 18th. The mark of fear is not easily removed, Ernest Gaines. Our daughter was raised not to panic during times of distress. Though through experience, she learned the reason for these teachings. She learned to stay calm in crisis situations because it, on, it is only when peace within remains a practice cons- consistent regardless of circumstances that individuals can make the time to carefully consider all of their and all of their aggressors options and make wise, beneficial, self-serving choices. I still marvel over how this young woman, this this teen, was able to calmly follow my instructions of bringing ice and gauze, finding old clothing and calling her mother as she kept her younger friend composed while blood gushed everywhere from the nearly two-inch hole I had drilled into my hand. You never know how effective lessons are until the unexpected happens. All the same, even though control over self is in panic-inducing situations make them more manageable, an absence of panic does not remove the adrenaline-driven fear that is natural to human beings. 
Such reactions are genetically encoded so that we can. Such actions are encoded so that we can automatically or quickly respond to potentially injurious dangers. Injurious dangers. However, how we respond to threats to ourselves and, and people's existence indicates how these innate responses have been socially trained. For there is a distance between a difference between bravery and cowardice and how one deals with the threats which generate fear. With time, the record of our responses tells us and others of the quality of our character as warriors. Ashay. Affirm. Courage defines me in the face of any danger to our people. Affirm. Courage defines me in the face of any danger to our people. November 19th. Any attempt to find some captivity-related moral consciousness in the hearts, minds, or psyches of captives, or captor, or captors, excuse me, minds or psyches of captor owners, is, is an insult to those of us who are descendants of those brothers and sisters who were captured. Gregory Wright. In order to feel useful while wasting energy of denying and suppressing the pain and hope that those dysfunctional coping mechanisms will lead to release, too many of us waste an enormous amount of time debating over numbers, debating over how many of us were murdered, as if fewer numbers makes it less traumatic or wrong. If they murder just one of us, that's far too many. Even the lowest estimates given by sterile, conniving European statisticians working to validate European politicians seeking to minimize or universalize our pain by using unrepresentative examples or making or looking at one facet of my of our of our maafa, our trails of blood and tears, the dungeons or the, the ships, dwarfed of those of any other people's Holocaust, according to Dr. Nana Clark, we can start with less than sixty million. Yet, he also said a hundred million is more of an accurate, accurate estimate. John G. Jackson agrees to great scholars. I mean, Dr. John Henry Clark and Dr. John G. Jackson. S.E. Anderson said that we should give a total of, of, of no less than 280 million. Why? Because we must account for those who would have been born if it had not been for our captivity, who would have been born during this destruction of our people. Affirm, I completely reject the lie of a good captor, the good enslaver. Affirm, I completely reject. Oh, good. Yeah. November 20th. Acceptance of prevailing standards often means we have no standards of our own. Gene Toomer. Acceptance of prevailing standards. There is a litany of historically identifiable reasons for the Europeans' actions. Their grand efforts at image control, the lies they have concocted to convince others that they are human. Their new fascination with dogs and other pets, but are 
one in a long line of tricks to convince us that they love all living things. Fear drives Europeans beyond being in the presence of creatures who do not judge their particularities. This public show of newfound affinity toward canines is no more than an effort to increase their security by accepting guard dogs. Whatever their size, dogs can bark, early warning systems, and they can bite weapons. Their bark and bite and undying loyalty are the foremost reasons that dogs are historically claimed as their best friend. We should recognize that this is the same deceit that they have passed off in their effort to have European females produce more babies and convince us that it is based on a non-existent genuine love of family. Like the trend of loving dogs, it reflects nothing more than their xenophobia. The dogs keep their growing fears of personal violation and morality at bay. Babies are often to calm their fears of genetic annihilation. Fear drove European survival strategies on the glacier. Fear drove the European xenophobia as they came crashing down off the Caucasus Mountains and genetically moved against the world. Fear drives them now to protect their ill-gotten waning privilege. Affirm, I have African standards. I say, affirm, I have African standards. Brothers and sisters, to Enya Sassim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. Today, uh, we're going to just talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's the Yo Show. I know Wednesday we're going to talk about uh, an African center interpretation of Day of Misgivings. Mama Ani put that out there. <laughs> she sent me, she sent me a beautiful photo of Brother and Sister with her and her fatigues. <laughs> yeah. We're at war. We are at war. We're at war for the minds of our people. And if we can win the African mind and we can change ourselves around from behaving and acting the way that we do in response to them and begin begin to understand the importance of education of our young people and begin to understand the importance of controlling our land and our resources we we got to get out of here family we got to get out of America America is controlled by Europeans they created this for themselves on Wednesday we'll talk about how committed they were to taking this land than how committed they were to bringing us here to build this land. There's no doubt I'm a pro- proponent of reparations. We deserve reparations. But there's also no doubt that we, un- we must understand. We must clearly understand how important 
reparations are for our repair as a people, not individually. Not that some individual gets a check and now can get a better home, can now definitely get a better car, you know, or send them kids to the Europeans. Gosh, yeah, you can send them to the HBCU because they're, they're just teaching the, the brothers and sisters to the HBCUs the same sh- shit that we'd be teaching them at, you know, predominantly PWIs predominantly white institutions. Same thing. You know. I'll tell you. Because the future of this society and these people, this this future, you know, um, is tenuous. And you know what that means. It's not it's not too good. No. It's not too good. And so I'm going to. I, I saw this particular piece and, and I wanted to play this for us and, and have some discussion on this because this is. Um, this is interesting. This is uh this deals with the budget. You know? This deals with the budget. And it's a decent piece. The US budget and the Republican Party. There is a slight difference. I don't to me the the difference I, I I would honestly say for me, and you you can make your own own, uh, judgments and determinations, but um, in this society, Republican and Democrat are different wings of the same nasty, filthy, funky bird. You know, so I have no love for Democrats and believing the Democratic process and those Democrats are going to do something for us. I, you know, I've seen on YouTube some strong Democratic brothers and sisters, new ones. You know, like the the, the brother, two brothers in Tennessee, uh, the sister from St. Louis. Uh, there's another brother. I think he's from Texas. So I've seen they, they've shown some young brothers and sisters who are in um, who you know who are in government locally and. State, region, and of course, national. Mostly the national ones that get the 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 attention, you know. And and I just don't see as beneficial as it you think it would or should be to have us in government to deal with issues that affect us as a people. And we've been in there a long time. And our condition is no better off today than it was when we started to get up in there in the 60s. It, does, it isn't. You know, rescue me if I'm wrong. You know. But this deals with the, you know, the difference between Republicans 
and Democrats and Democrats exposing them for who and what they are, especially as it relates to the bu- to the uh, to the budget. And of course, this is why I'm, I'm putting it out there because there's many people who believe that uh, a uh, Donald Trump administration will be better off than this Joe Biden administration. I don't know. And you know what? I don't give a damn. Because the, the effect will still be there. But as I see it, no, it won't. It, there is a difference. Now, I remember having a conversation with uh, some brothers and sisters, you know, and they, a couple of them were business owners, and they, uh, one I think was a Republican, and they were happy with Donald Trump. They felt financially they were better off with Donald Trump as president. Let me say this. If you feel as an individual that you're doing great, I guess as an African, I don't look at what you as an individual is doing. I look at what we're doing collectively. And if our condition is far worse off because you're doing better, I don't like that. I think that's unfortunate. That's a bad situation, but many people, uh, these tax cuts, these little programs, I'm doing great. And to me, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat doesn't make a difference. You're in America. You're with Caucasians, and that's their mindset globally. Whether you're in Europe, whether you're in Australia, New Zealand, wherever Caucasians are, many, in fact, uh, just recently, they uh, elected in Argentina, and of course, Argentina, of the uh, South American countries, Argentina is probably, well, they all are adamantly racist, you know, but when you know the history, Argentina successfully got rid of African people by killing them, exporting them, and so forth. So after after the captivity was over, our physical captivity is over, they wanted to get rid of African people. And so the economy is bad in Argentina. A lot of stuff is going wrong. And so this Caucasian who models himself after um, Donald Trump, just like Bolsonaro of Brazil, he got elected. Now, there are more uh, Caucasian-looking Argentinians. As I said, a lot of us are gone. I'm not sure what the percentage is. I'm quite sure it may be very low. But the second largest African population, there are more Africans in Brazil, with the exception of Nigeria. It is the second largest African population in the country. And of course, they're disenfranchised. You know, miseducated, uneducated, un- underemployed, and I can go on. 
But this is, uh, I found this interesting. Let's take a listen. The provisions of the Republicans' tax package um, increase or, you know, add to or pay down our national debt? Uh, it undoubtedly added to our national debt. Hmm. Republican math here. The uncapping of that pen lid is like the bat signal. I mean, you know something's about to go down. Tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Congresswoman Katie Porter. Republican math here. It added to our national debt. Let me let me show everybody how much. Wait, hang on. It's a two whiteboard situation. Double whiteboard means double trouble for Republicans as our favorite elected educator, Katie Porter, handed out another free lesson on GOP malpractice. During a hearing in which Republicans tried to blame older Americans for our growing national debt, which to be fair was a surprise to me as I thought it was Hunter Biden's fault. But of course, this is all a means to deflect from the true perpetrators of soaring national debt, the Republican Party, especially the MAGA era. Debt ceiling by But the itself. tax cuts, that was like $2 trillion. Which Katie Porter does an exquisite job of outlining. The provisions of the Republicans' tax package um, increase or, you know, add to or pay down our national debt. Uh, it undoubtedly added to our national debt. Hmm. Republican math here. It added to our national debt. Let me, let me show everybody how much. Wait, hang on. It's a two whiteboard situation. Can you read that number for everybody? That's 1.8 trillion. 1.8 trillion. Couldn't even fit it all on one whiteboard. So this is how much they added to the deficit, even as they're the premise of this hearing is that the deficit is a real problem and that Republicans believe it's a real problem. So if they didn't solve our deficits through the tax code, through that um, tax piece, they surely took action to fully pay for Social Security and Medicare um, so that we don't drive up the deficit that way. Dr. Harris, do you know how many Republicans co-sponsor the Social Security 2100 Act, which would make Social Security solvent for years to come? I don't know. I'm guessing zero. Zero. It's a really small number. I don't even need a whiteboard can do this one with my hand. So Republican math in terms of the budget, which, which is made by Congress, not made by seniors, by older Americans, means increasing our deficit by $1.8 trillion and doing zero to reduce the effect of the debt um, by Social Security and Medicare and adjusting those policies to be able to be um, better funded. And the thing is, Republicans are well aware of their own role in this. I mean, when DeSantis is not desperately trying to keep his tongue trapped in his mouth while forcing a smile.
He's blasting Trump over this very issue. He should explain why he didn't have Mexico pay for the border wall. He should explain why he racked up so much debt. He should explain why he didn't drain the swamp. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing. And Republicans pay lip service to the national debt crisis while willfully overlooking the minor $1.8 trillion in tax breaks they gave to the 1%, all by repealing the estate tax while in power. Bottom line is right now, Ali, what the Republicans are doing is holding the world's economy hostage. If they get away with it this time, not only will there be savage cuts for the needs of working people at a time when 60% of our people are living paycheck to paycheck, this will be a precedent for years to come. Yep. That every two years, every year, they will hold the economy hostage. And that cannot be allowed to happen. So look, nobody is happy about the 14th Amendment as an alternative, but it beats where we're at right now. You've got a Republican Party that says, you know what, we're really concerned about the national debt. That's why we want to give $1.8 trillion in tax breaks by repealing the estate tax to a handful of billion fam a billionaire families. The hypocrisy is outrageous. They want to extend Trump's tax breaks, which will be $3.5 trillion over a 10-year period. So for them, tax breaks for billionaires, cutting programs for children, cutting programs for housing, health care, we cannot allow that to happen. And to those that like to blame every disaster during the MAGA years on the pandemic, Trump built a national debt so big before the pandemic that economists warned it would weigh down the economy for years to come. That you cause inflation and then look back and say this was all caused by the Trump tax cuts of 2017? That doesn't make any sense. Biden wants to run his last campaign, and the media shouldn't let him do it. All right, so I'll go right to you, Jessica. I mean, didn't Joe Biden go on the biggest spending spree in American history? No, uh, Donald Trump actually spent a lot more than him. So Donald Trump is personally responsible uh, as the president for about 30 percent of the national debt. And I believe uh, Joe Biden's brought it down by one point four trillion since he's been in office. So, so COVID money. Went no, no, no. So, what do you mean? Yeah, the deficit? Really, yeah. I, but just let, let me, me this. speak. You, I was asked a question. I answered it. Donald Trump is responsible for more of the national debt than Joe Biden is. Period. End of story. Those are what the numbers say. Of course, the U.S. needed massive deficit spending during the COVID-19 crisis to ward off an economic disaster that was almost unpreventable. But federal finances under Trump were dire even before the pandemic. The combination of his 2017 tax cut and the lack of any serious spending restraint helped both the deficit and the debt soar. So when the pandemic hit, the $3 trillion that was thrown into COVID-19 related stimulus meant there was no longer any margin for error. Mr. Speaker, what is the Republican record? President Reagan comes into office and the first thing that he does is massive tax cuts for the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected and explodes the deficit. President George W. Bush comes into office 2001, 2003, massive tax cuts for the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected, two failed wars, a deep recession, explodes the deficit. President Trump comes into office, first thing he does in 2017, massive tax cuts for the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected, the GOP tax scam. 83% of the benefits going to the wealthiest 1% in America explodes the deficits. How dare you lecture America about fiscal responsibility when the record shows that Democrats 
are the party of job creation and reducing deficits, and Republicans are the party of tax cuts for the wealthy, the well-off, and the well-connected, and exploding the deficit. And yet Republicans still cling to that he's a great businessman strategy because he got given hundreds of millions of dollars to start companies and bankrupted many of them. Wait, hang on. It's a two-whiteboard situation. Can you read that number for everybody? Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's why, to me, I, I, you know, I'm not advocating voting. I never have from this platform, you know. The only vote I like to see is a plebiscite, which is a vote on what we're going to do and how we're going to secure reparations. So it becomes fairly understood that reparations is not about a, uh, a, a check in your pocket or a check in your hand. That reparations is about assisting us in the repair of us as a people and institutions. You know? I'd like to see reparations go to the educational institutions that we have, the HCBUs, to change them in terms of their curriculum and in, in, in terms of what they do teach. Because we need nation-building teaching. We need how to run stuff. We don't need st to help you get a job. Damn getting a job. If you do get a job, it's with one of us. That's what I'm saying. This whole thing needs to change. But of course, you know, there are many of us who don't understand how important change, that change is and how necessary it is. Yeah. That we, if, we, if we're going to do anything, if we're going to do anything, that change begins with us and our direction to look at all the things that have impacted us and look at them objectively. Sort things out. What are our top priorities? What things do we need to do now? You know, we, you know, I, many of us believe spiritually and religiously you know, you know that these things will come about that God is on our side you know and so they feel that through whatever means that individuals will be enlightened they will be inspired, they'll be motivated, they'll be, you know, to, they, they believe that. You know. Unfortunately, I don't see it because it, it hasn't happened in history. It hasn't happened in history. This would be the greatest thing to happen to humanity if African people woke up 
because this will change the world dynamics for all humans. When we break this yoke that the Europeans have put on us and then we claim our humanity, we, rec we, we claim our land, we kick everybody's ass out of the continent to control our resources and to educate ourselves and to build recognizing too in this moment in this stage in this day and age the kind of things that we need the kind of things that we need to develop to look at what has worked what hasn't worked for others And then, then to begin to develop them and shape and fashion it in our image and in our interests. Imagine on the continent with respect to environment, respect to animals, migrations, and so forth. But we develop a network where lands are set aside for agriculture. We develop a network where cities, city-states near near rivers or near uh, 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 water are built and connected by highways, connected by railways. Watching this morning on the national news, a train that's going to be built from... Um, speed train from Las Vegas to LA Las Vegas to LA they were talking about the train that goes from Miami to or to Orlando Miami to Orlando it just would be fantastic what we could do really would all of those possibilities are there they're there for us what are we going to do family what are we going to do well I'm going to tell you what we're going to do we're going to take a break when we come back from the break we'll have more discussion and it's up to you family what you want to talk about what's on your mind what happened this weekend that you want to uh you know, bring to the attention of our listeners. You know, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Brothers and sisters, once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Shadow of Doubt. Yeah, nice cut. <sighs> yeah. So, getting back to the discussion or whatever you want to talk about, whatever happened this weekend, that you feel it was something that was worth discussing, you know, uh, all I can say is, hey, Okay, thank you, Brother Ralph. Okay, my volume is low. Not because my volume, and and, and it's not. I I I, 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 I turn it up. Like I'm going to do right now, a little bit. Hope that's better. And I'll talk into the microphone, and that way, because you know you want to be heard, you want to be understood. And so, okay, uh, whatever it is that you want to talk about uh, on this Monday, the Monday before misgivings, and we'll talk in length about that. Let me, that's an interesting piece because, um, I wasn't aware, I had heard about the Thanksgiving piece, you know. So, but I was at, I was at the fire station, I was at work. And, and Milwaukee has, it had two papers, the, this one paper, now the Journal Sentinel. But they had the Sentinel in the morning and the Journal in the evening. And so, the, the evening paper had, a, a section in it called the green sheet where comics and other issues would be talked about just just you know one page flip over will be the front the inside the other page in the back so you know the green sheet comics and puzzles and stuff like that and they had a segment on Thanksgiving you know this is like the 70s this is like 70 Seven, seventy, something around there, seventies, maybe late seventies, and and I read it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of knew, heard about it, but I wasn't as conscious. I mean, I was conscious then, but I wasn't as astute. I wasn't read. I wasn't reading at that time, like I like I did following that, and became very um, serious about. And, and of course, the fire department, I could do that because you can go to work you know, do whatever you got to do. And if you don't catch a fire, you can, you can do a lot of things. You can study, you can read, you can have projects and so forth, you know? And so, yeah. Yep. Anyway, if you want to join this conversation, I have a cough. Brother Ted, Brother Lusk, how are you, sir? 
Peace and blessings. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing quite well, my man. All right. I was calling. I was calling with regards to the uh, remembrance kibuka uh, 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 observance that was held. This wasn't that this weekend. That was this Saturday. Yes, I, I unfortunately I was at a conference in Nashville. I wasn't able to uh, participate. Okay, uh, that, that's all right. I, as a matter of fact, I went on and and uh, wasn't able to get connected, so I just went on and ordered the book. Oh, so oh. I has to okay. sit down and read right on. Uh, the work of, uh, of Baba Baruti and yes. uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, you and know. also to, to try to bring things to highlight our Maafa commemoration here in Montgomery. Ah, okay, when is that? Next July. In July. Uh, July, the second Saturday, second Saturday in July. Okay. Um, next year, so uh, mm-hmm. just trying to fortify based upon what others have also done and also bring that energies here to Montgomery. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Ma'afa, man. That's the, that's the thing. That's why we must learn about it. We must become very well aware of what happened. Just like I read in the Inye Sesim, he talked about some people argue about, well, you know, this many, that many. It doesn't make a difference if it was one that they did this to us, you know, or the millions, because some say millions, hundreds of millions because of the ones they killed who could have been producers, especially the sisters and the brothers, because you can't, sister can't have a baby without a brother. So the brothers and sisters that were killed, that could have produced many offspring, you know? So that's why, that's, yeah, that's why it's important, man, that we recognize, you know, what has happened, you know? And as for me, um, I usually use uh, Tom Feeling's book, The Middle Passage. I don't know if you're familiar with his artwork. Okay. Uh, he's an actor now, and uh, most of his work, I understand, is uh, stored at Yale or Harvard, one of those schools. Wow. Um, but okay. I realize he, uh, since he's done all of his work in charcoal, black mm. and white, so okay. I, uh, I refer to that a lot, right? So yeah. To get a, a picture uh, and of course, with other information from uh, Dr. Anderson out there in the New York area, uh, Black Holocaust 101, mm. or Black Holocaust for Beginners. Okay. So he has a little So I have a, a, a literature that I can refer to, but I had not ever heard of the Kabuka. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I just wanted to yeah, you know, add, add that, that, now. Add that to your collection. And, and uh, uh, you said that's going to be in the spring? Next year, summer. Oh, summer, summer, summer next year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we as it approaches, man, we'll, you know, have you talk about it, come on in and promote it, and, and give it details, like and hopefully, man, I, you know, me and some of some of the crew, Herb, myself, brother Kwaku, come come over to Montgomery, you know. Very. Yeah. Very good. Of, yeah. Be part of the program, man. Definitely. Very good. Yeah. Because, uh, well, you know, one of the things that uh, I know is very hard for a lot of our people is to deal with the ma'afa, you know. Yes, yes. Because it's a very yes. solemn, deep, deep peace, man. And and yeah. a lot of them don't want to, you know, to even though they didn't have that experience personally, but we've had that experience collectively, don't want to deal with the remembrance, you know. Yes, yes. And I, I like the way that um, 
um, uh, uh, Bishop Johnny Ray Youngblood, uh, who was a native New Orleanian who wound up uh, doing uh, work at St. Paul's Community Church up there in the New York area. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the Bronx or, or um, Brooklyn or any of that, specifically where it is. But that energy that he's brought there as well is, is also powerful. And um, the church where he was affiliated with St. Paul's Community Church uh, had a, um, uh, a kind of an act, about a five-part act, uh, based on the Middle Passage and stuff. So um, mm. it's out here. It's definitely out here. The work that's being done, that, that whether partic- in Charleston, that South partic- Carolina. That particular piece, can you, like, say, go on YouTube and, and, and get that particular piece, do you know? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that there's something available. If I find it, I'll shoot it to you. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see how he presents it. How that, you know? Yeah, right. I I agree with you. I mean, uh, unfortunately, um, I know Baba Rudy doesn't tape the Kibuka, you know, but it is a powerful piece. The young people uh. of of Akaben School, they're the ones who, uh, you know, put it on while he narrates. Uh-huh. He narrates, okay. you know, and, and they go through the, the, you know, how it was to march us from wherever interior into the coast, to the dungeons, yeah. how we were packed in that yeah. dungeons and then packed in on those ships, you know. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's deep, man. It, re- it really is. And what's interesting, brother, is that there's still people who deny that that happened and that we are indigenous as African people to this land. I, I, I know that we were the first people everywhere, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. From a geological standpoint, from a DNA standpoint, we're the first people everywhere. That's, that's, that's not a question, you know. But, uh-huh. you know, they want to say that, that that didn't happen. This is the, 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 the ADOS people, too. That that right. didn't happen, yeah. you know, and 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 that uh, they took some of us from here and sent us to Europe, and then brought us back, trained to be captives, trained to be slaves. I hate that word, you know, uh, and, and it's yeah. to me it's, it's so far fetched, you know, it's so far fetched, but yet there's. There's plenty to substantiate the taking of us from the continent, the warehousing of us in those dungeons, through the transportation of us. Because what, what a lot of they, a lot of them, what they were talking about, well, wh- where's the ships at? You know, but there's plenty ships they found under the sea. There's some are shipwrecked. Yes, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's plenty of evidence proving of our captivity. Definitely. You know. Definitely. And so, it's particularly here in the state of Alabama, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have um, Africatown, as a matter of fact, I think was highlighted on uh, 60 Minutes. I was I missed it uh, on yesterday's 60 Minutes program, and I think that was Anderson Cooper who was reporting. Um, and so right here in the state of Alabama, uh, you have um, uh, uh, Africatown that was created who uh, those 110 enslaved Africans that were brought here uh, on a bet, right, and uh, uh, had 
made an established community down in uh, near Mobile. So it's the relics are there. It's here. It's, hmm. it's really real. Oh, that was on that was on sixty minutes yesterday. Um, the yeah, it was entitled Africa Town, uh-huh. and this was a report by Anderson Cooper. Okay, um, sixty minutes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you probably it's probably already on YouTube or yeah, you oh, I'm quite sure it is. It is. Well, yeah. So if you yeah, go so on YouTube it, and put in sixty minutes, and then some right. of those things will come up. I'm going to do that. Yes. Yeah, and it was featured yesterday. So, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Yeah, well, you know, the the beauty, the struggle of our people, I think one of the problems I have in even discussing the 60s, which, of course, is the time that me and you, I mean, I know I'm a little bit older than you, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we came up through and the impact of it that I often say that the problem that was happening then that we didn't have a cultural component, a strong cultural component of Africa tied to that 60s piece. You know, we wanted black power. And and basically what that is, whatever the cracker has, whatever the white man has, you got white power, we want black power. You know what I'm saying? We want, we we Um, want to share in this. We want to, so it, it tied us to that, and so therefore, a lot of us felt that we can make a, a, a change in the in in the mindset of the Caucasians here. We can make some things different for us in this country, where we could be accepted in any neighborhood. Yeah, there's going to be real hardcore racist enclaves in the South, in the North, wherever, because they are cool. all over. But we can overcome those and and be in government and be in business and so forth, you know. Uh-huh. And and yet, if we analyze it and look at it and evaluate it from that from that particular time to this present, you can see we ain't gone nowhere. And and the reason why we haven't gone nowhere is because we did not have a African centered cultural component. To our struggle okay. of that time. That's how I look at it. You know, yeah. we rejected it. You know, um, and and so what we did is that we we evolved into, you know, the American black man, the American black woman. You know, which of course is all cool, and everybody in the world, you know, wants to be like, or act like, or sample their their music or sample this that and the other you know uh-huh. but in in terms of cultural enrichment in terms of 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 us changing the dynamics of doing for self and having an independent uh mindset it didn't happen unfortunately it didn't happen and and well let me ask let me ask, though, Oshie, because um, you know, I, I wonder sometimes as we are coming about that season one more time, talking about Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, right. Do we fully understand what it entails, right? And is, do we just have to keep it between December 26th and January 1st, right? Mm-hmm. And and so all of those principles can be practiced every, each and every and day. And they're supposed right? to be. So it, and they're it, supposed it, it, to be. It's kind of blended that commercialization into uh, the the Kwanzaa activities so much so that 
once January first comes, it's all over, right? Yes. Like, no, no, yes. You know, and say, well, uh, yes. Let's rethink this now. Mm-hmm. Let's rethink this. So I don't know. I just kind of wonder: Do we realize, as melanated people, some of the things that we are consciously as well as unconsciously are doing? Um, and uh, is it such that we we want to be black when it's convenient? Mm-hmm. Right. Or we want to be African when it's convenient. Right. You see, and so uh, in the crisscrossing of it all, there's a lot that's being lost. And it is because we don't have that, that, that component. And you're right. As soon as January 1st, I remember um, when I first came here to the Atlanta area, I think it was like a third time I attended Kwanzaa uh, at the Shrine of the Black Madonna. And I was Uh a member of ASCAC, and I was asked to do a presentation. And it was the anniversary, I believe, of Kwanzaa, you know. And, uh, yeah, 16 was um, 2016. And and what I said was, we are no more, in talking on um, Kujichakalia, self-determination, we are no no closer to self-determination today than we were 60 years ago when we started Kwanzaa. 60 years ago. No closer. In fact, one could make an argument we're so much further apart in terms of self-determination for African people. Okay. You know? and, and because we never really challenged ourselves to bring it about. We never. We... I, I don't know, somehow think like we thought it would just happen. You know, we say it and it just happened. No, it doesn't work like that. It happens because you make it happen. You can't wish it. You can't hope it. You can't pray it. It happens because you put action into it. So when you talk about those seven principles and, and, and Milana Karinga clearly states and those who I know working Kwanzaa and those when I do the Kwanzaa piece every year with uh, brother Nchawi from New York uh, uh, sister um, here here in Atlanta who knew the sister who was basically what who would be the queen mother of Kwanzaa who began to spread Kwanzaa around the world because a lot of times or unfortunately for Milana Karinga he was you know incapacitated when Kwanzaa really started to go off, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, and, and and many other people were involved in making Kwanzaa happen, but also too, not understanding how important Kwanzaa is in terms of building ourselves, of stealing those in principles into our everyday lives of of unity, self determination, collective work responsibility, cooperative economics purpose, creativity, and faith, putting it into our everyday lives and, and, and making sure that we share those with other brothers and sisters so they could do the same. It didn't happen. And just like you said, come January 1st, January 2nd, next yeah. day, ain't nothing happening. Okay, we got right. January 1st. We got the Imani, uh, uh, we got the uh, Feast of Faith. I know in Milwaukee we have Kamaru, Ye Imani, which is the Feast of Faith, because Imani's the last day of Kwanzaa, and 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 uh-huh. we have our you know feast. We talk about it and all the other days and things this that and the other, but then nothing happens. 
I propose even in that presentation I did that let's measure it. Let's say that this year, let's try our best to do some things and then next year come back and say what we did to make self-determination a reality for us as a people. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Nothing. Well, well, very good, brother. I'm, I'm listening. I'm continuing to support the program, and um, until next time. All right, dear brother. I appreciate you, man. All right. Peace and blessings. Peace. Peace, my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Mama Nabantu. Mama Nabantu, good afternoon. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So what's yeah, been... we've um, the uh, New Black Wall Street Kwanzaa again this year. This time it will be six days oh. from Tuesday. So, so there's only one day okay. that it won't be, huh? What day is that? What day will, is it not going That's, to be? Because uh, the, the New Black Wall Street is not open on New Year's Day. Ah, okay. Okay, so then the, the Imani. Okay, but you'll have it from... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Umoja all the way to, to uh, yeah, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday, beautiful. Right. I thought it was. So, I thought it was. I thought it turned out well last year, yeah, and so, I appreciate the opportunity to to be a part right. of it. Mm-hmm. We're likely to be a part again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'll be there for you. But uh, so now you're going to have it every day, except that at the last day. This is not. Say that again. So the mall is not open on Sundays? It's going to be open, I said, Monday. Oh, Monday. It's not open on Monday. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. That's New Year's Day, yeah. Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, if you could just pick one day you would like to do libation, let me know. I'll schedule you in. I sure will. I'll talk with you as the planning you know, begins to develop and uh, definitely yeah. be up uh, on, on the program, no doubt. Right. You know, yeah, I look forward. We're planning, working on it now, mm-hmm. and we're also working with the Atlanta um, uh, Metro. What is it? The Atlanta Kwanzaa Regional Association okay. website. We're putting on okay. all the events that we are aware of mm-hmm. here in uh, Metro, and we also have added um, Kwanzaa events in Detroit, California, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, New York. Beautiful. Um, that people send to me because a lot of people travel, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's good to have a website where you can go and say, "Oh, I'm going to Florida to see if they got a Kwanzaa going on there. Where is it? Yeah. You know, things like that." Yeah. So that's that's what we're working on. Beautiful, because I know that uh, here in Atlanta, there's a number of places that had Kwanzaa going on. Sometimes they they coordinate it so you know they wouldn't conflict. That you would have Kwanzaa this day here, and then Kwanzaa someplace else. Then you know the, when the shrine was going on, as well as uh, Brother Kenneth Zaki, you know who's doing has done outstanding with Kwanzaa, you know. So there's other areas, and of course, uh, the second year of Kwanzaa being at the um, New Black Wall Street, you know, and that mm-hmm. I love how it turned out last year. It's nice, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so um, I know that Art Exchange is doing one day 
first afternoon is doing uh, one day. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so far as I know, New Black Policy is the only one I know so far that's doing six days. Okay. And see, what can happen, too, is that you can, you know, you can go from one Kwanzaa to the next, you know, maybe New Black Wall Street's Kwanzaa uh, program is time from this time to that time, and then uh, from, like, say, for instance, early afternoon to early evening, and then uh, the other Kwanzaa that you might know of is happening a little bit later. You know, because I know that one year, about four years ago, I attended three different Kwanzaa's. One day. In one day. <laughs> yep. In one day. Three different Kwanzaa's in one day. You know? Right, right. Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, it's three to six on Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday will be three to seven. And then Sunday See? is 12 to seven. Well, yeah. And Sunday, 12 to seven. Okay. Well, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. I know. Uh, I do a program around beginning of Kwanzaa with the brother in Chawi um, out of New York and and of course you know Mama Arcana who was like mm-hmm. Mama Kwanzaa you know and mm-hmm. you know a, a sister Akina worked, Mc- she went on the program Mc-Kenya. yeah Akina she was a close friend of mine as well okay was she okay yeah mm-hmm. I've done interviews with her okay um, yeah yeah, we were very close. Okay, well, you can come on the program and talk to about her and her travels of spreading Kwanzaa around, you know, because yeah. what I planned to do, what I had planned was to make sure that we knew that other people were involved in, in Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. the making of Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Not to, not to diminish uh, Dr. Milana Karinga and his efforts, mm-hmm. but there were others that he, you know, <laughs> And and the concept and importance, the importance mm-hmm. of Kwanzaa, you know, mm-hmm. that this mm-hmm. message and, and and that you instill it into your everyday life, that you yeah you right. you, you you celebrate it at this time of year because a lot of mm-hmm. other festivities are going on, and to me that I like the idea that that happened this way, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you're already in that celebratory mood, you know. And, and, and that there is some things that happen with Kwanzaa that are alternative to the other festivities that are going on with Christmas and gift giving and gift getting and all that kind of BS. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I should say that, you know. But so Kwanzaa is distinctive to us. Now, mm-hmm. one have argued about white folks participating in Kwanzaa and so forth and, and uh, other companies you know, selling Kwanzaa, selling Canaras and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We, you know, being in America, that's going to happen, you mm-hmm. know. But the bottom line is for those of us who want to maintain the spirit of it and to be true to it, that's what we must do. We embrace right. it and we present it, you know, the way it should be culturally. Because that's what Kwanzaa is today. It's not religious, it's not commercial. Mm-hmm. It's cultural. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural mm-hmm. festival, and so we, right. we we highlight that. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sad thing is that uh, uh, I don't know where <laughs> Brother Karenga has amnesia or what, but uh, he when he came to Atlanta about hmm, around 2012, I think. 
car and did something over, I think, uh, forget what center it was. Mm-hmm. And I went up to him and asked him about Sister McKinney. He said, who is she? Wow. That's an insult. Yeah. I was, I was just, yeah. I couldn't believe he could he, he act like he didn't know who mm-hmm. she was. Yeah. And he went directly to her, I mean, and asked her was she because she was president of uh, Potala Valley Community College. Okay. Uh, Langley College, I think it was. So she had access to funds where she could travel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she spread it all around the world, literally. Yeah, she yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he gave her some fabric so people could make dashikins and stuff with. He said the fabric, I don't know how she traveled, disappeared. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, if I ever find that interview I did with her, it's yeah, somewhere well, in this house. Well, you know, there's <laughs> such, you know, there's a, there's a number of people who have some misgivings yeah. about Milana. But they got a Karina. lot of good stuff on uh, on uh, Google. Okay, know. okay. Yeah, they have a lot of good information mm-hmm. about her. Well, I'm definitely going to, you know, rely on you and and Akina. You know, to come mm-hmm. on and talk about that, the brother, talk about his. Cause I mean, he worked with her. He knew the brother from New York, you know, and worked mm-hmm. with Milana. They, you know, like I said, it wasn't just him, you know, developed this idea of, of, of this celebration, this cultural celebration. Mm-hmm. There were many others, you know, mm-hmm. are just as important. And I think that what needs to happen with the celebration is that we need to. Uh, finally say, hey, we need to say from this year to the next, what improvements has our community made? Not just the African-centered community, but us as African people have made because we've embraced these Kwanzaa principles. We've we've pushed them throughout the year. You know, we promoted them throughout the year. And I think that's what happens is that we don't say anything else. We don't say a Baragani after the January 1st. You know, we don't talk That's about what, unity. We don't talk about self-determination. Yeah, just a few people do, do that. But right. uh, the, the first night there, uh, we're going to have the first afternoon, um, there's a group that's coming that's specifically dealing with emoji from the perspective of how we're going to use the ideas they're coming up with emoji with family, organizations, businesses, and how we're going to thrive through the year and come back mm-hmm. next year and talk about how how well it went. So I we're see. looking forward to this organization. And I think, you know, people see Kwanzaa as just a celebration rather than um, a way to, uh, you know, improve our community and bring about the cultural aspects of it in our history and culture. Yeah. Um, that we need to continue to work on throughout the year. And that's the thing. That's what that, I believe that's the importance of Kwanzaa is the transformation. It's not just to say what has happened and that's it. It's to say what has happened and what can happen by embracing these principles and instilling them in your everyday lives. You know? Right. See. So, okay, I look forward to it. And we have a whole breakdown uh, Mama Nabantu, and uh, we'll, we'll be pushing and promoting it, of course, you know, to make sure okay. our family, our community knows when those days are, who's going to be presenting, and so forth, and not just right. not just at the uh, uh, New Black Wall Street, 
but throughout the city of Atlanta, you know, right. throughout the city of Atlanta. So, you know, maybe you can't make that one, but because you're over here and the time frame is better, mm. then maybe you can make the art exchange over there with Kenneth Zaki. I'm not sure what the yeah. shrine is going to do because they haven't done anything, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, but maybe mm. they're ready to, you know, do something, you know, something, something. Because there, there was some good Kwanzas at, uh, at, the, at, at the shrine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mama Nabantu. Thank you, dear. Also, All too, right, you. are you uh, is is the Pan African Federalist Movement ready to do something? Well, oh, we have a new date for our town hall meeting, Cox City, Atlanta, um, to include in Africa. What's the uh, relationship? Um, will be January twenty seventh. January January twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna push and promote that. Get some, get brother and Stada and all the other people in uh, on the program to really push that. I mean, to me, once again, to me, probably most important thing that we're talking about. Just like I think the most important acknowledgement and celebration is is uh, African Liberation Day. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I was pissed that I seen that they talked about it. They took the word liberation out of it, talking about Africa Day. You know, right? I was right. pissed because they yeah, scared of that too. word liberation, Africa right. Day. The nation not have allowed that. Those countries and those people should not have allowed that to happen. What the hell does Africa Day mean? It don't mean a damn thing. African Liberation Day. We know what that means. Because mm-hmm. uh, because of the subjugation that we have gone, so we know what that means. So right. and to me, there was you know if you're going to uh, uh, celebrate something, it should be you know African Liberation Day on the day that it was started. I know brothers and sisters, yeah. So so we'll we'll, we'll talk more about that and, and a lot of other things. I'm going to buy. All right. Okay. All right. Peace, my sister. Yeah, yeah, Mama Nabantu of the Pan-African Federalist Movement trying to help us understand that we need to be one Africa. That's right, one Africa. That's what Kwame Nkrumah said. Patrice, Patrice Lumumba, Thomas Sankara, all the great leaders. Sister Arkane, one Africa, one power that we would have that we would have one Africa that we would have one currency one defense system Africa that 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 it's not a regional thing it's not an individual area thing it's not a country thing it's the continent-wide implementation of programs and initiatives to help African people provide jobs and so forth. All of it. Good afternoon. Hey, Brother Paul, how you doing, man? Good afternoon, Brother Ochi, and how are you today? I'm well. I'm, I'm doing well. What about you, man? How was your weekend? Well, the weekend... Uh, was uh reflective and it was uh 
to be honest with you, it gave me an opportunity. I used the weekend this weekend to catch up on things because I'm in a. I always seem to be. I feel that I'm behind. You know what I mean? So <laughs> because you're trying to you're trying to do too many things at once, and you you kind of get a bit. Well, for me anyway, yeah. sometimes you need certain things, and I use the weekend to catch up, go through um some some quite boring stuff like <laughs> c- collating emails and. And all things which I haven't really dealt with properly, you know, yeah. that kind of boring stuff. Yeah. But it's a good, it's a good feeling though when you, you know, things you've neglected which you actually attempt to do. It's a good feeling because it feels like it's one of those things off your, out the way. You know what I mean? And as it's coming up to the end of the year, right, right. I chose in a concerted effort to try and head rather than always trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. my life. Yeah, so. <laughs> That was one of the things I managed to knock out. But, um, yeah, I'm alive, so I, I give thanks for life. Right on. I do. I do. And the opportunity to participate, the opportunity to expand my mind and, and connect and so forth. So I, I'm, I'm thankful, man. Every day I, every day I, I, I wake and, and I have breath. I'm thankful. I don't take it for granted, believe me, because I haven't had pneumonia so many times. I haven't been in the hospital you know, other, wow. other issues. So, I'm thankful, man. And I want to, I, I, I want to be here. Yes, sir. Was it, you know, you talk because I've heard you mention this several times about pneumonia. Well, did you, do you get that as a result of your, um, as your, as your occupation? As your, is that as, as, a as occupation? No, yeah. but but that's that was the that was the uh, the, the, the irony is that uh, I got it right before I left. In fact, that that, that caused me. To, I was retiring anyway. I was yeah. I was in the verge of retiring. I already had thirty some years, but I I caught pneumonia for the first time, not understanding, you know, what pneumonia was and how it affected me because I never had it. And and then wow. I went through that process, wow. you know. And because I got it once, and once you get it, you're always susceptible to it. And and so, in fact, I got it in 06, 2006. And I went off the job, mm-hmm. and I got it again in 2007, you know. Wow. And a few other times. In fact, I got it in the hospital when I had uh, that uh, stent put in, you know, because I aspirated or vomited into my lungs, which caused me to have an infection, which is that's what pneumonia is. And, and so I got rid of it there, you know. And so it has caused me to have some compromised breathing, you know. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so so I mean, in a sense, is that that I, I well, I'm guessing it's to do with your immune system, right? Yeah. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, and 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 okay. so, uh, right before I went off that whole year, from from November of '06 to um, the middle or latter part of '07, I was, you know, talking about is. Uh, me having this a, a direct result of my job, you know, being a mm-hmm. firefighter, going into these atmospheres and so forth. And, yeah. and plus, yeah, that too, yeah. early on, early on in my career, with many firefighters, even before me, you know, they didn't wear a mask a lot of times, particularly when they wow. overhauled. Yeah, particularly when they overhauled. Wow. They didn't wear a mask. Well, well, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Are, are you telling me that there were firefighters going into fires without a mask? Yeah. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They would especially, wow. especially, especially they would go in with smaller fires, like a little bedroom fire, a mattress fire, that's a crazy. garage, that's crazy. a garage. That's crazy. Yeah. That's then. That was then. Mm-hmm. And, and probably the middle of my career, there was an emphasis on masking up for everything because of yeah. the toxins that are given off by smoke that you inhale. So, you know, that, that they put that emphasis on that, you know. And so uh, I tested. I went through a number of tests. And, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I passed the test, so to speak. That's why I, I went off with regular uh, pension as opposed to duty disability, you know. And, and, and I said to myself, would I rather go off the job on duty disability with a nasal cannula in because of my lungs are so bad and affected wow. and my breathing is so bad, you know, or would I rather go off on just regular pension and go ahead and live my life having done what I've done and very proud of what I've done and going, and that's what I was hoping and that's what happened. But I've had other bouts of, of, of pneumonia and I've, I've had uh, to uh, take oxygen, you know, at periods mm-hmm. of times and, you know, but, um, you know, once I've done it and, and, and I repair myself, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, so I, I'm not on oxygen 24-7, you know. I'm not mm-hmm. on oxygen periodically. I'm good. Although I have a, now I have a, a portable oxygen that if, if something happens, you know, I can, I can get O2 like that. You know, and I keep the mm-hmm. batteries charged just just in case it happens because that it has happened like that. I mean, the next thing I know, I'm like, damn, I'm breathing like heavy yeah. and so forth. And so, yeah. But so do, do you do you uh, do you do you actually um, do, do you concentrate on like uh, looking after yourself in terms of what you eat? Yeah. Um, well, exercise, all those things. Are- not as not as honestly, not as well as I should. Especially because okay. of my age, I definitely need to do that because all of that yeah. would help, you know. Yeah. Because I know that. Well, I I, I think it's the, uh, it's important. Wealth is health, and yeah. for me personally, I I don't put anything before my health. Anything, money, right. family. Exactly. I don't put even own children before my health. I, I don't. I mm-hmm. that's that's. I come to that point in my understanding because. To have a major operation one year because I had some uh, a blockage in in my lower bowel region and uh, and um, you know uh, that that kind of made me realize yeah. when I was lying in the hospital bed maybe if I didn't have that operation I I wouldn't be here right. but then I realized that I ain't gonna put nothing nothing before my health nothing because all the things I was doing and I was doing I had the computer business I was doing well but then I'm lying in the bed looking at the ceiling thinking how did I get here yeah. you understand know and. Uh, yeah. You know that that told, that maybe I think that really changed the way I saw life. Really did, you know? what I mean, I said, nah. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things which I was chasing, I I just let them go and okay. decided that my health come first. Yeah. It's gonna come before. I think you understand? So yeah, that's why I always give thanks for life because I know, you know, life can be snuffed out, man. And yeah. you know, what I mean, at any t- time, and we should we should 
we should take care. I, me personally, I don't eat no red meat. Okay. And I, since since last year, I gave up chicken, so I'm only on fish now. Okay. Fish and, uh, so you're moving into that area, you're moving to that direction of being a vegetarian to some degree, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? I hate the idea of putting labels on things. People, when I talk, and they say, "Are you a, a vegetarian? Are you this? And are you that?" Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I you know, your life is a lesson, so you learn your lessons. And when when I had those stomach issues, I was looking for the reason, and I, I you know, you start investigating, and then I stopped eating loads of things. I stopped sure. eating red. Uh, red meat. I stopped mm-hmm. eating pork long before that. Mm-hmm. And but you know, to be honest with you, I haven't. I haven't um, for t- over twenty years. I haven't eaten red meat. You know what I mean? But when I wow. say that, I'm go somewhere a celebration. Someone says, "Oh, they got like goat, which is uh, very you know Jamaicans uh, can be people eat a lot of goat." Every so often I have it, but you know what? The bottom line is when I eat it, I, can, I straight away my body detects there's a difference. Straight is away right? I start itching. Okay. Yeah, you know, funny, and then, you know, I mean, I, you know, so it's important, man. And I think, you know, as we're talking on this subject, the lack, no matter what we want to achieve, right? Unless we focus on our, um, on this, our, our health issues, and on the way we've become, we've, we've you know, because of our what we've been through, we've um, right to this kind of a lot of the things we're all in. We think that's like our natural, you know what I mean? Yeah, and right. they're not really natural. And these are the things which are actually killing us off, you understand, quickly. High blood pressure, mm-hmm. um, strokes, uh, diabetes, and all the rest of it, you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, to me personally, if we're gonna if we're gonna solve anything before we can get to grips with all these ideas, we got to solve that first. You know I mean, because we're we, yes. you know, I mean, who, who knows? The health the, is the health um, component um, is essential. Because without the health, because without the health component, we can't do a damn thing. If our health is not bad, we don't yeah. have the, the the stamina, the you know the the wind, you know, to to go ahead and 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 exert ourselves at times that we still can be healthy. But if we don't have it. We can't do jack, you know. Can't and, do nothing. And, nothing. And, and what's interesting, brother Paul, is that we're raising youth who aren't doing anything. They own their ass playing video games all the time. You know, they need to get out. They need On exercise. The diet, the diet, Baba, the diet, diet yeah. that they're getting is 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 from. Yeah. Do they do they actually know? what real, you know, real food is. You know what I mean? Because most of these foods now, these Frankenstein Processed. foods, we get in, they're not really food. It's not really yeah. food, you know what I mean? Yeah, And that's a massive accident. You know, what, what fresh food are they really eating to give, you know, change their... Because food, you know, all these chemicals they're giving affects behavior as well. You know what I mean? So when you see them acting crazy, just look to what they're eating. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you understand. Yes. If they've if they've had a lot of time on this this Frankenstein food, of course they're going to be behaving like that because that's not really food they've been eating. They've been eating a cocktail of comic chemicals mm-hmm. made with, by the pharmaceutical industry. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean, so yes. that's the reality uh, of what we're facing. You know, so when we look at these young people and we're thinking, why are they acting so mad? Think of what they're consuming, man. And mm-hmm. not only that, what the chemicals they're giving us, they are delivering, giving us to make us crazy in our minds. I mean, because that's an ongoing agenda. Yeah. That is an ongoing and, and see, agenda. And that's why going a lot on. of people they don't yeah. want to they, they they don't want to make that connection 
You know, no, they don't. They no. don't want to make. They're they're they're, they're 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 so fearful. They're so damn scared to really challenge it and look at it for what it is and make the necessary change. It's too it's, it's too drastic. It's too deep. You know, uh, they they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They'd rather continue to go along with the same damn program, eat the same damn stuff, listen to the same damn thing. And then yet, you know, they want change, but they don't want to make the changes within themselves to make change happen. Absolutely. And there again, it it all comes back to the same point. And that's the source. When we say Sankofa, that is the point. Mm -hmm. The change starts with you. It don't start with the people or the organizations or where you join or all these things you think that change starts. Change starts by looking in the mirror and coming to that. That's right. that realization that you as mm. the individual need to change and what you change once you um throw away these things like the mm. smoking i know people ain't gonna like this year but I, I often think about this you know how much money do we give these people with, for these cigarettes man how much oh, money do you give these people my goodness you understand millions yeah. and billions like imagine Imagine if we took that money, what we're going to use to get these cancer sticks. I'm sorry for calling it that, but that's what they are, cancer sticks. If we took that money and put that money into our children's education, we wouldn't have these failings. So we can't blame the children. We can't blame them. We have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, what are we doing? We can't be talking all this conscious talk and then going buying all these cigarettes and smoking it down and thinking, oh, that's what because it, it makes us feel a bit um, comfortable or uh, uh, takes us out for a while and all these excuses I have the damn mm-hmm. time. I understand. I mean, the reality of it, people ain't going to like to hear this, but truth, truth don't, people don't really want to hear the truth. They just want to hear rubbish about, it's this one to blame, that one to blame. They need to look in the mirror, is what I'm saying. That's right. So health, you, we, 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 we have to take that, that change starts from us. Sankofa, go back to the source, look yep. back and fetch, and that source, is truth, the truth that that person in the mirror is the one who's going to make that change. And when that change starts, then it has a knock-on effect, like a domino effect. Things start to change around you. And it does. It does. It does. It I, really I'm does. testimony to that. Yes. I, couldn't, I couldn't speak on this radio out to you if I didn't make that change in myself. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be sitting around with a, chatting a load of crap with the people around and just getting nowhere, talking about football scores all day long, <laughs> and like, like as if they're paying me for that. Yeah, but play mm-hmm. football like a crazy person every day, but I ain't, I don't want to talk about it every day because I ain't getting paid for that. Understand? I need to I need to lift up our people by giving yeah. them sowing some seed what they might think. And by the way, as I have you heard from Sister Sesame, Baba Ochi? No. Uh. Uh-uh. You know, Sister Sesame used to ring in. Right. She I, sure I, I, did. I contacted she's, her. She's, in, she's still, I believe, she's in Botswana. Well, hopefully, because yeah. the bottom line is. And I've tried to, and I don't get no answer. But she used to ring in on our local radio station. Obviously, I picked her up from your station. Uh-huh. She used to give us updates, what's going on in Botswana and everything. Everybody loved her. Everybody yeah. loved her. And all of a sudden, we don't hear from her. So I don't know. I hope she's okay. But anybody out see if I can reach out to her and see what's happening. Yeah, I do yeah, a, yeah. She, she's a, for her. a doctor and everything. She's really, she's really got a good load of knowledge, that woman mm-hmm. there. So. Yeah, yeah, keep people in. Well, thanks for giving me the time, Baba Ochi. Oh, my brother, all the time, Brother Paul. Appreciate you. Appreciate what you send me, man. I do. I really do. Thank you so much, dear brother. 
You have a good one, man. And, uh, yeah. and we're going to talk about the the day of misgivings, this so-called Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday on Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. dear brother. Thank you very much. All right, Thank peace you. to you. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko, the most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure hell, damn it, don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotep, that means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier. Bibi Fahadier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, family, we will be victorious. You have a great day, and I'll see you on Wednesday. Peace, family.